Hello, and welcome to this episode of the CoLab podcast from our studios in Clearwater, Florida. I'm Executive Director Christina Baker, and I'm super excited, very excited, to share today's guest with you. So let's jump on in. Today we're chatting with Jen Coutre, a friend of mine from middle school who I've been stalking on Facebook for almost a decade now. All of us have a story, and although I've been watching from a distance, I believe Jen's story will encourage and inspire you today. And just to add to it, she's very nervous, so we're trying to keep her comfortable. <laughs> so, Jen, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, we've been friends. We Forever. met in middle school. We spent many weekends laughing, probably irritating the heck out of our parents. Yes, very yes. memorable yeah. memorable yeah. weekends with you. Did, did some horseback riding. Lots. Some. Did we ride the ATV? Um, I think we did, and, yeah. and a golf cart. Yes, golf yeah. cart, yeah. I think we almost destroyed the golf cart. Yeah, once. that golf cart we put through some yeah. some pain. And the, sure. and the paddle boat Yep, that we got stuck in the middle of the lake behind your house. Yeah, so yeah. lots of good memories <laughs> between us. So let's give our listeners a little bit more background on you personally. Okay. Where were you born? Let's talk about your early days. St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay. Moved to Clearwater when I was about eight. Mm-hmm. And then um, met you in like middle, middle school. Middle school, yeah. And then moved back to St. Pete when I was about 15, 16. And then came back to Clearwater when I was in my 20s and then ended up in Oldsmar and that's where I've been. Okay. So you didn't go to Clearwater High? I did. Okay, you stayed at Clearwater High, even I, though living in St. Pete. I um yes, okay. I was living down there, and I was getting I was driven up to Clearwater High up until our eleventh grade year, mm -hmm. and then I ended up okay. leaving and going down to Dixie Hollins. Okay, ooh, what yeah. was that like? Um, well, we had a riot. Like cool. the first two weeks I was there, there was a riot. <laughs> Um, and so there were sheriffs all through the hallways. So it was like, you know, welcome to Dixie. Yeah. And, you know, watch out for that right there. You know, right. like, you know. Yeah. So I only went there for like my last year. Yeah, okay. And then I got my GED at Lakewood High School okay. in St. Pete. All right. So after GED, what'd you do? Um, I was a mom. Yeah. That okay. was why I went to get my GED because I actually became pregnant at 18. I mean, okay. I didn't become pregnant. I right. got pregnant <laughs> and I... And um, I had my daughter at 19, okay. and um, I was already out on my own at this point. So, like, I ended up being out on my own by the time I was 17, which I know a lot of you didn't know that. Right. That's why we all lost yeah. touch, because I was, I ended up on my own. Whoa. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I had my daughter, my first daughter, at 19. I was with her father. Mm -hmm. um, I, w I got to stay home. I was a stay-at-home mother. Nice. Um, and then I got like a little part-time job at Kmart just mm -hmm. for fun, yeah. you know, and then I came back home because it was too much, you know, with the, yeah. with a baby and stuff like that. And then I just kind of stayed a stay at home mother for quite a while. And then I finally went and I got my CNA. Mm. So you, you were raised by your mother. Yes. Okay. Yes. Always. She was always single. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So you moved back in, uh, with her with your baby. Yes. Okay. By time, well, I moved back in with her when I was 20. Tw okay. I believe I was 20. Um, I went through a windshield of a car um, coming home from work and I wasn't able to work 
at that time. And even though her, her dad was still working, you know, it was a little rough, you know, because everything that was going on basically, because yeah. I had to go through two and a half years of therapy to learn how to use my arm again. And Whoa. I had a couple surgeries on my face, whatever. But, um, so we moved back in with my mom, yeah. you know, until we could save up money to, um, get a place again, go yeah. back out on our own. And then wow. we got back out on our own when we were like, when I was 21, I only stayed yeah. with her for like a year. Yeah. But then I was back on my own by 21, back in St. Pete. Okay. It was just easier there. Yeah. Yeah. City buses, like transportation, you, gotcha. know, you know, lots of work, more pay. Yeah. 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 So that's why I kept going back. Okay. So um, what happened? Walk me through what happened after that. Um. Well, <laughs> as you know, my daughter, my kids, all my children are biracial mm-hmm. and um her family's kind of like a notorious family down there. Mm. And so there were a lot of like, there was a lot of tension and there was a lot of, um, you know, like, I don't know if you want me to say this, but, uh, the police had killed Tyron Lewis around that time. And, um, we got attacked in the riot that they had. And I, you know, then like not long after that, my niece was gunned down and then, Shortly after that, my nephew was gunned down. And I was like, you know, I don't think I want to raise my daughter here. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is where I want her to be. So I moved back to Clearwater for good. I mean, and then obviously up to Oldsmar. But yeah, I came back to Clearwater because of that. Wow. Yeah, because I was like, I didn't, that's not what I wanted right. for her to be yeah. exposed to. So what was it like r- raising? your daughter mixed race experiences? Um, um, I've been multiple times denied housing. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because when you try to explain this to people, like, like my family, I would try to explain it to, they would never get it. They wouldn't, they were, Oh, that doesn't exist. That doesn't happen. You know? And so the first time that my mom got to experience it with me, she was floored. Like she couldn't believe like what I was saying. Cause we, we found an apartment and me and my mother went originally and we spoke to the woman and we did all the paperwork and, you know, got everything going and I got approved for the apartment and I was the day going to get the keys and, you know, it already, you know, got my little money order and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was going down, my mom was bringing me. And when we went originally, my daughter was with her father. So it was just me and my mom going to look, mm. and, you know, doing the paperwork. And when we walked in with my daughter, suddenly the apartment was rented. No. Yeah. And that happened to me twice. Twice that's happened to me. And I mean, for the most part, I kind of made sure I surrounded myself with people to where I didn't feel that yeah. and I wasn't affected by that. Right. But then when she was eight, we moved to Oldsmar. And we were there for like probably two weeks. And I noticed across the street from me that people were riding four wheelers. And I have friends that had four wheelers. So Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, there might be a track across the street. You should come by and we'll go look and see if that's a track. We can ride four wheelers. You can leave it here and we can go over there and ride four wheelers, whatever. Mm -hmm. So they came over and me, you know, him and my daughter all walked up on the property and, um, we realized it was not uh, like a track. It was like a private property or okay. something. And But there were no signs, mind you. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
we turned we started to turn around and my dog ran off. So my daughter ate. She ran to go get the dog, you know, and all of a sudden this guy was like screaming at us and yelling. So she grabbed the dog and we ran back to where we were. And like as soon as we were like walking up into the front yard, the guy was at the edge of the street and he had a gun in his hand and mm. he said, um, take your and kids back to the ghetto or I'll kill you. And I threw my arms up and I said, sir, my 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 daughter. And he goes, you know, F your daughter. Wow. I'll kill her, too. So, like, <laughs> I tell people, like, I honestly felt bullets. I, he, yeah. he never shot, but, like, when he said, F your, you know, yeah. F her, I'll kill her, too, I turned around and I, like, put myself in front of her. Yeah. And I grabbed her, and I just remember, like, running sideways because I was like, if he does start to shoot, let, right. let it hit me, yeah. you know. And in my mind, like, I felt like I was being shot, but I wasn't. But I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die today. Like, right. it was weird because, like, you don't really think, like, I don't know. You don't really know what to think when somebody's like, you know, screaming that at you. The guy was arrested. We did go to court. I got a little like one line apology letter. You know, I I probably could have done that better. Oh, nice. But that was it. It was like a three year long. Wow. And just just so our listeners, because we're just doing audio today, we're not doing video. No, you're fine. Um, Jen is a blonde hair, blue eyed white woman. just in case you needed to know that, because freckles. that's it, freckles. It's that's a key uh, bit of information, right. right? As we're telling your story, right? Yeah, because you know, um, people like him, the guy that did that. I, I'll I'll not say his name because a lot mm-hmm. of people know him, but mm-hmm. um, the guy that did that, and people like him that think like him, they don't care that I'm white. Right. They do not care. In fact, I've found that my my race, I shouldn't say my kind, I don't mean that. Um, but my race tends to feel more comfortable to say inappropriate things around me because they think it's okay. And I have to remind people sometimes like, um, you do know that my kids are like, yeah. brown, right? Like, right. You know, this isn't like a fad for me. Like they're yeah. mine. They're my blood. Right. I made them. <laughs> like, you can't just say that yeah. just because I'm white and you're white. Like you don't yeah. get a pass. I didn't teach my kids that, you know, I didn't, I don't know how to explain it. Cause you know, like it's taught in school, Mm -hmm. but they had to learn it there because in my home, I was showing them black judges. I was showing them black lawyers, Mm -hmm. black landowners, black property, uh, business owners. Um, I wasn't showing my children that they were oppressed. I was showing them that they were just, you know, you're you. Like the only thing you can't do is whatever you don't try to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, they didn't like really understand like my daughter's first experience, my 20, oh, she's going to be 21 this month. Oh my God. My soon to be 21 year old (laughs) had her first experience with racism. She didn't even realize it. She started working at Panera Bread. It's her first day. And she got up to the counter all happy, ready to take her first little order. And the gentleman walked up and goes, oh, they let you out of the field so you could work the register? What? My daughter had no clue what he was talking about. <laughs> he had to look like the biggest dipshit because she she was like, what? Like, what? And her manager grabbed her immediately and, like, no. ran her to the back and was like, are you okay? And she's like, what? I don't understand. So she had to come home, like, what did he mean by coming out of the field? So I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. Sit down. I'm going to yeah. tell you. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so you know when you were in school and they were teaching you about the cotton fields and the slaves. Yeah, that's what he meant. He was basically calling you a slave. You know, and I was oh like, but you know, jokes on him God. because the fact that he got he, no rise right. out of you, he, yeah. he didn't win that battle. Yeah. So yeah, like you know, just 
Okay, so you have you have two more kids? I've got a total of three. Okay. All right. Two girls, one boy. Okay. Let's let's fast forward a little bit and talk about your current business, Jayco. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh again, as the Facebook stalker that I am, watching all your posts and things. Um what, <laughs> tell me how you got into that. Um and how long ago when that started? Seven, it was almost 18 years ago. Um, my husband's stepfather passed away and everybody wanted shirts, but they didn't really have the means to go and mm. buy like a huge thing of shirts. And um, I had just started uh, SPC mm -hmm. and I bought a brand new computer and it was a desktop computer and it had like this little scrapbook disc and you could make things with it. You can make anything, mouse pads, shirts, like all this stuff. And I was like, you know, there's this thing on there that says I can make shirts. Let's, you know, let's see. And I, you know, look stuff up and, <laughs> That's and amazing. Presto, yeah. I, I made this shirt and I ended up making like, I want to say like 40 shirts Wow, by hand because we didn't, I didn't have the little cricket. We didn't have that. So it was like just your, your basic printer and, you know, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> and I made like 40 of them and they turned out really good. And so then I started, um, I went to the little like corner store in my mm -hmm. neighborhood. I was yeah. living in Tarpon at the time. I was right down the street from the docks. Mm -hmm. So I went to this like little corner store and I was like, hey, if I put a rack in here, can I sell shirts out of your store? And the guy was like, yeah. He's like, and I got another store around the corner if you want to put what? them there too. So yeah. That's amazing. So I originally set up racks in these two stores in Tarpon. One was on Tarpon Ave and one was on all, you know, Pinellas, whatever mm -hmm. they call it now, yeah. all 19. Right. And I made probably like maybe 200 to 250 a week with yeah. my shirts. That is um, so cool. Yeah. Man, way to hustle. Right. So I'm going to switch gears back again because I really want to talk about the race issue. Um, as a, <laughs> as a, Oh God, I'm going to say middle-aged white woman raised in a affluent scenario. You know, I didn't have to deal with that. Um, and many of my friends didn't have to deal with that and we don't understand it, but I'm desperately trying to understand it and get the message out that it's we all know it's still going on and we cannot ignore it. Hate is hate though. Hate I mean, is hate. The only thing that I can, you know, on a on a I feel like a smaller level is when I came out as gay. I certainly had a feeling of man, I know I know what it's like a little bit, I think. Or I, I don't agree with it being small. Like, you know, when you when you refer to that that situation as being small. It's almost offensive to me just because you're not your situation is not small. People are murdered for coming out. Yeah. You know, I wasn't murdered. I I mean, yeah, a man threatened to kill me. Yes, there's probably other people that would, you know, do the same and people that hate me, but they hate you just as much. People that hate us, they mm -hmm. hate you because you love mm -hmm. someone they don't think you should love. They hate me because I love someone they don't think I should love. Yeah. It's kind of similar. It's mm -hmm. it's hate. It doesn't well, I, I do think for the first time, I, I felt like I got a glimpse into, you know, someone who is being prejudiced, you know, like. For no I, reason. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, for nothing. So I'm as hurtful, as painful as that was, 
I'm grateful because now I have that that view that you know that peering I can relate, in, just, a I can relate just a little bit yeah definitely I'm, I mean yeah you won't you you don't have like the problem of you know being denied a job or a place to live up front right you know what I mean now it could ha- it could still happen sure. to you yeah. it could still happen yeah. it's just um you don't have to worry about it when you first initially walk in yeah you know um and I can't I really can't imagine my children having to go through that. Oh, yeah. So I, you know, going back to raising a mixed race child, and I think maybe you have your son. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) did you have conversations? Like, I imagine myself in your position. I think I've thought a lot about this, and I think I would have those conversations of, you're not wearing a hoodie. Like, you're right. I mean. My son has dreadlocks in his head. Yeah. That would terrify me. He fits the description, no matter what, because he has a head full of dreadlocks. And like everybody said, you know, why would you let him get that? I'm like, so what am I going to stifle my son's personality and his style yeah. because somebody can't look at him and get to know him? They just want to kill him because he's got dreadlocks. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to raise my kids. Like, I, I told you, I don't. I didn't raise my kids to feel like they had a losing start. I raised them to, you know, know that, like, the only thing you couldn't do was whatever you didn't try. The oppressed state of mind is taught. Mm. You know, if you keep telling your kids that they're beneath these other kids, then they're going to go out and that's how they're going to view life. They're not going to try, you know. What about on the female side of raising like mixed race daughters? How, how did you navigate that? What were the lessons that you tried to instill with them? For them, it wasn't as hard um, until they got into the public. Um, For them, when they were, you know, school-age children, um, it wasn't as hard. And I guess it's because of the female, you know, um, they didn't really, I mean, I mean, I also kind of kept them in a small city on purpose mm-hmm. so that we were, that's why I raised them all in Oldsmar. They yeah. went to Oldsmar Elementary School and I give mad props to that school. I love that school. Um, they didn't, they didn't deal with that there. In fact, my son didn't even deal with that there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I kept them there because yeah. we didn't. It was a safe place. Yeah. It was very safe, very, um, very kid oriented the whole city that's mm-hmm. why i've stayed there and done whatever i could to stay in oldsmar because <laughs> we we didn't it was like a bubble yeah you know i'm not saying that like i didn't want my kids to be prepared or aware right it was just that i didn't have to worry so when major events would come up oh gosh uh in the news the Breonna Taylors and the George Floyds and so on and so on and so on. How did you did you have direct conversations about that in your home? So um, for a very while, a long time, I um, didn't allow my kids to watch the news mm-hmm. or have social media mm-hmm. um, because once again, I didn't want them to see that type of stuff. Um, when the George Floyd thing first happened. I know you guys are probably wondering how I was able to do this stuff, but I literally had so many locks and blocks and all this stuff. You know, I ran their phones from my phone and like, I just, you know, they weren't, they didn't have access like a lot of the kids out here do. And I know that my kids are big. I got, you know, they're not little, but I still blocked a lot of that. And um, so parental, parental controls on phones. I didn't, I didn't like them to see those types of things because I feel like that just puts negative like I told you I feel like that's the type of stuff that holds you know them back in life because they think that that's how the whole world is Mm -hmm. and it's not the whole world it's just 
some people. So when George Floyd happened, I um, I actually took the time to watch that video because I normally don't. Mm -hmm. um, and I cried, you know, and I don't know all the circumstances and, you know, people are like, oh, he had drugs in his stuff, like all this stuff. I don't know all that. All I know is I saw a man crying for his mom to, you know, help him. And I was thinking, oh, my God, like, I don't know how I would feel if that were my kid. Right. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Take a minute. Um, my son was soon going to be getting his license, and I uh, purposely um, didn't let him get his license. And I uh, honestly didn't allow him to get his license until probably about two weeks ago. Wow. <laughs> and he's going to be 18. Yeah. And I didn't want him, I didn't want him to drive. I didn't want him on the road. I didn't want him going anywhere. Um, and I can honestly say that one night he was on his bicycle with his friends and he was stopped by the Pinellas County Sheriff's. And I've got to say that I wish I knew their names so I could give them credit, but mm. they were very nice. They mm. they called me. They were like, you know, your son shouldn't be out here, but, you know, he's saying he's going to go back to the house that he was at because he was spending the night at a friend's house, mm. and he was just down the street. They just got this brilliant idea. We're going to go ride bikes at right. midnight, you know, like <laughs> down Belcher. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the sheriffs, of course, see yeah. these teenage boys, you know, and it wasn't, you know, a race thing, but, you know, that's like – the first thing when I'm getting a call from the sheriff, my uh, heart yeah. sank. I'm like, oh yeah. God, here we go, you right. know. And it was, and I gotta say that I, I, I appreciate that being my my experience. But like, yeah, I didn't want him to get a license because that it's it's a fear. Like, I don't worry so much about that with my girls, and I hate to say that because they experience it too. But with my son, yeah, it's 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 terrifying. I don't know. I'm not going to lie, guys. Like, it's you don't really know what to say until yeah. they start asking the questions. And then you still kind of don't know what to say because my biggest thing is them not feeling held back. Like, and I hate to make it sound like that's all I'm worried about, but it is. I want them to go to school. Like, Alexis just got accepted to UF. It's amazing. That's right. so cool. Right. Like, you know, and my family all told me, oh, you'll never be, you're not going to be anything but white trash. Your kids are going to be white, uh, brown trash. You know, you'll never amount to anything. And I'm like, look at me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got one in Germany and one going to UF and one that wants to be in real estate. And, you know, not everybody else has that story in my family. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So there. Yeah. I don't even know the question to ask. Uh, this was a, a spouse, a partner of yours? Um, No, it was home. Okay. That was why I was at your house all the time. Okay. So you were a child. Mm-hmm. And into my adulthood and still, um, as a matter of fact, not too long ago. Okay. And it, the 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 abuse not too long ago wasn't physical, obviously, because um, you couldn't do that to me today. Yeah. But it was mental, and it was what you know most of you didn't know because I hid, you know. Yeah. Um. But that was why I was at your house a lot. And if I wasn't at your house, I was at somebody's house. I don't know if you remember that, but I'd be at like Angie's house. Yeah. Your house. Yeah. It was. So it was, home wasn't safe. Home had, I'm terrified to say this, but home had alcoholism. And that was why I left home when I was young. 
I just want to get away. And then, you know, I made everybody think it was uh, a boyfriend because it just was easier that way. It was an escape. Yeah. yeah. It was so mm-hmm. much easier. Yeah. To, you know, like, you know, my friends, you know, you guys knew, you know, my family, you know. So, like, I didn't want you to think. I didn't want anybody to know. Embarrassing. I mean, when I would go to school and I don't know, like I was always happy. I was always joking and I was always, you know, so like people really didn't know, no, you know what I mean? It wasn't until like later on that I started to like let it be known that I was abused, but I pretty much hit it and made it seem like I was in an abusive relationship, but it wasn't. It was home. Okay. Well, that's the truth. That's that wasn't what you were expecting. It's at all. not what I was <laughs> expecting. I'm, I am um, blown away, very blown away, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, that was why, like, you know, I didn't have a dad. Yeah. So I looked forward to coming to your house because your dad was like, you know, like he would take us, and it was like fun to have like this a man. I know he wasn't my dad, but like to mm-hmm. me, on the weekends he was. Yeah. So that's why I was really close to you, Christina. Because <laughs> okay. like for that little bit of time, like I didn't have to, you know, worry about anything. Yeah. Because I would go home and pour alcohol out, thinking that was helping, but that would just end up being the worst thing that I could do. Yeah. I would pour the alcohol out and I would fill it back up with water, and then I would suffer for that. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you. Wooden spoons, boy, they're they're a real motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and then I would have to go to school like that. Like, so you guys would see me at school and I'd be, like, having a good time and, like, laughing and stuff like that. And, like, half of y'all didn't even know that I probably hadn't eaten. (laughs) So, like. I had no idea. No, I know y'all didn't. I did. I did a good job. That's like, you know, my kids, like, they hadn't, you know, they don't know a lot of stuff, you know, like things that I've been through. They're like, wow, I never knew. I'm like, you weren't supposed to. Yeah. You know, like at the time, you know, the last thing that I was going to do was alert anybody and then be removed from the home because yeah. I knew that was, I had already been removed from the home once before you met me. Whoa. So, um, yeah. So I was, you know, I already knew that if I were to go and like let it be known what was going on, that I would be removed. And honestly, being removed from the home to me was way worse than just dealing with what I was dealing with. Yeah, because that was known. You knew what to expect right, there. Right, right, right. right. I mean, is more terrifying. Right, because at, at, when I finally got to a certain age, I was too strong for the physical to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So then it was more of a mental. Yeah. Because I mean, like once I, I mean, I mean, you guys know I was in gymnastics. Yeah. I, you know, I did a lot yeah, of sports. Fit. Yeah. Yeah. I was fit. And after a certain point, you know, we couldn't get physical with me anymore because there was one time where I took over the situation. I mean, I don't even know where that person came from, but yeah. she showed up. Yeah. And <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> and she was like, no more, you know, yeah. and that was it. And I, you know, so that stopped. And then that was why I left. So that's why we lost touch because finally, I got to where I was sick of it, you know, and um, I was working and contributing, but I didn't get to, you know, I didn't get my paychecks and I didn't get to do anything with my paychecks. And it was like I would literally sign my paycheck over and that would be that. And like, you know, I finally got to the point where I was like, you know, I should just go on my own. And I, um, excuse me, I met my oldest daughter's father who's he's gone now he passed away he had cancer but um I met him and you know we kind of hit it off and yeah I was like 
16, 17, and he was like 21, 22 at the mm-hmm. time. And I moved in with him when he was 23, and I was 17, and then I was pregnant by 18. Okay. And he he was not—I made everybody think he was the abuser, but he wasn't. And I and I, I feel bad. I mean, because later on I did tell people that it wasn't true. I mean, I'm, I didn't keep going because, like I said, he got cancer and he passed away, and I definitely didn't want people thinking, right. like, oh, he deserved it because he did not. He was right. a really, really good guy. He did really take—he kind of set the precedent for, like— what how I wanted other men to treat me because he he took care of me like he worshiped me like you know and um so after that it was like you know if, if a man wasn't like didn't have his shit together right. yeah. you know, like I'm like I, I'm Moving not talking on. To you, yeah. right <laughs> we're not talking and you're my couch is not going to be your bedroom right you know and um yeah like but that was my that was my disguise that was what I Okay, so I'm still reeling. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, so I just want to, I, I want to recap. We have... You didn't know you were going to hear that. No. I'm so, sorry. No. Now you now you know why I was like so close to you. Like you were like my favorite person on the planet. And then, you know, when you like found love, like I literally was so like, you don't even understand the happiness that I felt for you. And then like you were saying, um, you know, like recently you had something wrong or, you know, like... Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, and I could relate to it and everything. And you, and you say you got help, and I was like, you know what, maybe I should look into, you know, that for myself or whatever. Yeah. But it was just like, I don't think you realized like the impact that you and Definitely your family not. had on me, yeah. and that's why I kind of like stayed. In, yeah, like, like I found you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. I did. I found you. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, like. Oh my God, no. like she, like, you no. don't, you, cause now you know, but you didn't know at the time no. that, like, you were, no, you helped me through a lot. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, um, okay. So, recap. Okay. We, <laughs> I'm sorry. we get removed from the home as a little child. We live in an alcoholic, abusive home. We get pregnant early from a, from a black man. From a black <laughs> Gotta go man. tell the family. Yeah. <laughs> Super. Guess who's coming home to dinner. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yes, have children early. Um, and, and again, watching you on Facebook and not knowing any of this. Because everything I do is positive. Everything is positive, but it also has a little like edge. Oh of, yeah, don't mess with me. Yeah, like I'm not taking your shit, and I won't. And you're dead to me if you cross me. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe that I get. Which is obviously you're in protect mode always. Yeah, mama bear. I hate like, it. <laughs> I, I hate it. I wish yeah. I was softer sometimes. But that's what you've had to to do. I mean, survival, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Survival. And I will continue to do whatever I got to do. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm terrified right now of this whole thing. Lex going to UF. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a pretty expensive thing. But if I got to work five jobs, yeah. Jayco will be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Back to Jayco. Uh- <laughs> her. Oh, my God. No way. Uh, I uh, thought we were going to be talking about business. What did th- you do? You took over this whole thing. I'm so sorry. And, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, speaking about business and race, you know, um, that is kind of why I, I – never really put myself out there in fact when you asked me to come here I was terrified because I was like you said yes right away I did because it was you like 
yeah. It was you. I was like, you see what I'm wearing, right? What does my shirt say? Support your friends, baby. So you were like, blah, 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 blah. I was like, you know what? What time? I'll be there. See you tomorrow. Literally yesterday. Yes. Like yesterday. Okay. And remember when you were, we were just discussing what you, um, the, 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 what was it? Depression or yeah, anxiety. Okay. okay mm-hmm. Anxiety. So, um, I have that problem too. And so I felt like it was God mm. that moved me yeah. through you because, um, right when you first asked me, do you notice when you asked me, I answered right away, yep. but then when you came back, <laughs> yep. I didn't answer right away <laughs> yes. because I literally went through about four different meltdowns of, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. And then I was like, no, girl, go do it. You yeah. can do it. Yeah. You know what? Go go ahead. You got it. And I was like, no, you, no, nobody wants to hear anything about me. And I was like, no, go do it. And then finally I was like, I messaged you back and I was like, okay, what time? Yeah. I know. Because <laughs> And then I woke up this morning like, oh God, what have I done? Yeah, I got a doctor's appointment. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to make it. Got a got a doctor's appointment. I forgot all about it. It's at 10.05. Hilarious. You know, but no, yes, it's like I'm, just go. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you did. Because um, I knew I was going to tell you that, and I was very scared to admit that. Yeah. Well, it's huge. It's huge. And the whole point of this podcast and everything we do at the studio is for people, to, it, it's a safe place. I hope it's been a safe place um, yes. and that you feel comfortable and difficult, extremely difficult. But this is this is life. This is what connects us. And when you hide, you're isolated, and you don't and have you help. Don't have help, and you don't have connection. And that is the point. That That's is where the, the anxiety thing. comes from. Exactly. All a slew of other you know problems: anxiety, depression. Yeah, because you're trying to deal with it all by yourself. And right. I've only recently realized that I can't. Yeah. I can't deal with it yeah. by myself. Yeah. And so maybe this was God, you know, because Absolutely. I never would have told you. Any of that. Right. I think I one time just said, do you remember when we used to go ride horses or something like that? And you were like, yeah. yeah. And I was just about to cross over that threshold and tell you. And then I was like, nope, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but. Well, I'm honored. I'm honored. So, Jayco, I, I keep trying to circle back to this because I do want to talk about your business. It's okay. Um, Jayco does... Give me a give me a description. I know it's custom t-shirts. anything. Okay, it's it's anything. Funny, custom it's anything. Promotional products. It's yep. koozies. You think of it. You dream it. I can make it. Okay. Um. And the website. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? It's jcocreations.com, but that's really just the Etsy store. It would be my phone number or email okay? Um, because it's an Etsy shop that just kind of runs itself. Yeah. And I've been doing this now for like 17 years. So okay. like it's kind of more word of mouth. Yeah. You know, people Perfect. just kind of like, hey, I heard, you know, so-and-so yeah. told me. Um, do you want to say your phone number on this? I mean, sure. I don't okay. care. Like, cause yeah. if, you know, I don't, I know how to not answer. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So what is your phone number? It's, uh, what is my phone number? Um, 727-455-2630. Or you can email me at Jen, and that's J-E-N-N, at jcocreations.com. Perfect. And you, Jayco, is J-A-C-O. And you know um, what that is, my yeah. initials. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I see you do a lot of sports teams. Yes. Is it? Like your local stuff. Um. It's, I mean, it's, is is it more onesie twosies or is it like tens and twenties of things? Um, yeah, I've um, I just did. Well, right now I've got like an order out there for two hundred okay. shirts. So you can so, do some larger. Yes, volumes. I can do volume. Yeah, um, as long as you give me the time, yeah. because it is just me. Yeah. I'm doing the printing. I'm doing the 
pressing. I'm doing whatever it is that you need done. I'm doing it all by myself. I do occasionally get my son out there to help me. But um, and this is your main job right now. Yes, this because is... yeah, I mean, you know, my husband, he's the provider, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my my biggest thing was being a mom. Yeah. I won't lie. Jayco Creations allowed me to earn money to support, <laughs> you know, me. Yeah. You know, and um, be a mom because yeah. that was more important. That job to me, and that is a job, mm -hmm. ladies. You can you can take that <laughs> and put that in your pocket. It's a job. <laughs> Um, the hardest job. No, it is. And you don't get paid. You're I, underpaid. I know. I know. You just get rewards when your kid actually learns how to wipe their own butt or right. something. And you're like, yay, <laughs> let's all celebrate and have <laughs> wine. But um, <laughs> we're going to play dates. Come on. Um, but yeah, that was my main job. Okay. My main job was to be a mom. Yeah. I, and so like J. Co. Creations allowed me to do yeah, that. And, flexibility. Yes. And, yeah. and I didn't really take it very, I, I, I shouldn't say I didn't take it seriously because I took it very seriously. Um. It wasn't my priority, I should say. Yeah. I didn't market myself really hard because I, you know, if if one of my kids were sick, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be doing anything but nursing, nurturing, whatever. And um, but now that you know, I got they're all pretty much grown. Yeah, I've let's been, build your business. Yes, that's yeah. what I've been trying to do, yeah. and I honestly can say that I've marketed myself pretty good this year or yeah. last year to into this year because normally after Christmas, I'm Dead. just at the beach every day. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, whatever, yeah. you know, but this year I kept going and pushing and going yeah. and going. And now I'm like steady. Yeah. I'm actually like making like money where I can like, you know, Hey babe, I got the electric bill this month. Yeah. You know? And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, no, don't worry. I'm like, no, no, I got it. I want to do it. Yeah. Let me do yeah. it. It, it is. is. It what? is. When you, when you have your own business and you start it from scratch and you can buy, you can go to the grocery store and buy groceries oh, on yeah, that, that too. or the power bill. It, yeah. it is exciting. Oh yeah. It I is was very exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know, like, you know, people like, oh, you, she just stays home. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, you don't know, this is a job too. Yeah. You know? And so it kind of made me feel like I wasn't just a yeah mom. yeah well it gives you another identity other than mom you know and, and I get to use my creativity exactly because I you know as you know I'm hyper and I gotta move around and I need things where right. I'm not sitting still yeah you know being creative on Facebook yeah on on Facebook it's Jayco Creations yes with an S on uh Instagram it's Jayco Creations with a Z. You know, you can reach me on any social platform. And what are what's your main um, social? Facebook. Yeah. 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 Instagram. I just started. Okay. I you know because there is a lot of money to be made on Instagram, and, and I didn't realize that at first. But yeah. I've been getting quite a bit of orders now yeah. that I've Good. started focusing on it. Yeah. Yeah. But. Just like anything, right? Where you put your time, that's going to... Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. But, you know, it's like, these. I've always like, social media is not for me. I'm old, you yeah. know? And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It is. It's for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's for your <laughs> Slow wallet. down, slow yeah. down. Well, I am so grateful that you said yes. Hopefully we can stir up some business for you. That'd be great. And uh, thank you so much for being here. And I love you. And I can't wait to put this one out because I, I think it's going to be awesome. So thank you for listening. That's a wrap. Peace in. Peace out. I felt the need to do a postscript to this podcast. First off, I was totally caught off guard by Jen's story and her willingness to share. Keep in mind that we have not seen each other in over 25 years. She had shared with me 
that there was some abuse, and I automatically assumed it was by her spouse, possibly because of my own unintentional racial bias. I had a bit of trouble entering into the topic with her as I legitimately did not know the story. When she started to share about the abuse, it was still unclear to me who it was. And then she said, home. It was home. When I tell you that as a little girl, Jen was the happiest, strongest, funniest, these are the memories that I have. I had no idea that home was actually a house of horrors. Going from physical beatings to mental abuse to being left at different locations and walking home to not knowing whether your parent was coming home at all. I am so incredibly in awe of Jen for sharing her story. As I reflected on our conversation, something else hit me quite hard. I had four main friends in middle school. All were girls of single mothers and were all were low income. I lived in an affluent home with two parents who were able to unknowingly give them a safe place. Our house gave my friends the idea to dream big. Although my parents weren't perfect, they modeled what good parents should look like to my friends. This gave my friends hope to make a change for a better life for their own families. I am so grateful to have this perspective today. My takeaways are number one, you never know what someone else is carrying. Just be kind. Number two, be open to listening to other perspectives. It just may change your life in the least expected and positive way. Thanks for listening.